Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchvictoria.com. Uh, this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. And if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel and get the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to like and share the video. Leave a comment down below. All of that stuff really helps us out. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, um, if you enjoy studying with us and you want to partner with us as we seek to bring the word of God uh, to people, then uh, I want to encourage you to go back to the website. There's a donate button there at the top screen. You can click that. You can join with us, partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the word of God. Um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 19, about midway through the chapter. I'm excited to jump into it, where we're seeing a major step towards God's like we promise. Said last week, I mean, this is this is where it starts. That's right. Well, I mean, this is certainly yes. This is it's it's certainly yeah, a step. We're starting in a whole new chapter. We, whole we new are step, yes. A whole new step here. Yeah, it's the beginning of the covenant at Sinai, the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Everything we're, before that was to get to here, and then we'll move on. That's right. So. This is this is we're investigating how God is bringing redemption to the entire world through that's the right. family of Abraham, right. and it's it's an awesome study. So I'm excited to get into it, brother. Why don't we pray? Right. Let's go. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to study your word once again. We pray, Father, for open and, and, and contrite hearts. We pray for pure and clean hearts, Father, that, that you might uh, sink this word deep into, the, into good soil. Father, we thank you for, for all those who are watching. We know that there's, there are people watching that have issues and have things going on, and we just pray for them and pray for each situation that's out there. And, and help us this, this, uh, this evening uh, to go through this text and make it as simple and as easy to understand as we possibly can. And thank you, Father, for all those who will be, who'll be, will be touched by what, the, what your word has to say to them today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All yeah, right. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, something we need to, need to really, I think between us, just clarify that what we're trying to do here is we're trying to make this as easy to understand as possible. Right. To navigate just a conversation through the book, through the, through the Old Testament, the Old Law and the Prophets. And just make it easy because it, the Old Testament is hard to understand. People start reading the book and they start in Exodus or Genesis and they read, they get to about Leviticus and, it, and they crash and burn because it's hard. Well, and we're going to get, we're going to get into, we're moving or transitioning into some of that, that more, that more difficult text, right? Yeah. Um, in, Ex, in Exodus 20, we have the 10 commandments, but pretty much Exodus 20, um, 21, 22, all, all the way, really, there's a little bit of narrative in 24, I believe. And then it's pretty much all commands and law and all of these things up until 32. Mm -hmm. So we might jump here uh, pretty heavily and jump through some of this law. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at it. Not really 100% sure yet, but well, it'll be some of it. It just it it will we'll you know what you need to understand is the law was to was was a was a thing given to them to help them navigate and help God it's, to bring Jesus in. It's For, part of their covenant. Yes. So a lot of so this is so when we think of the law right and this might be a good time to kind of talk about this but when we think of the law we think of legal text but we've been in the law the torah mm -hmm. right since genesis the mm -hmm. torah the law is made up of genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy and it's got divisions in it right so we have the patriarch and the story of the patriarchs in genesis and then we start to see moses and the covenant that came under moses but starting in exodus 20 uh, and moving forward, and in Leviticus especially, we're going to see a lot of law code 
very kind of traditional what we think of law code. Very detailed. Very detailed, very don't do this, do this type of thing, right? We're going to see a lot of that, um, but all of that applies to the covenant at Sinai. And it was God preparing himself a people yeah. that that would stay clean and, and, and realizing all along that this, this was never going to be good enough to get to ultimately to us where we need to be because we'll get that later on. So God says a couple of times throughout this area that, that his desire, and we're going to especially see this moving throughout the rest of Exodus and into Leviticus, that God's desire is to dwell among his people. Mm-hmm. And even in the covenant at Sinai, as the Hebrew writer would say, is we're seeing shadows of that. Yeah. Because God is going to set up the Israelite camp through the covenant at Sinai, where the tabernacle is in the center of it and everyone else is camped out around him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's a shadow of the eventually of eventually what is to come in Christ, which is God's spirit dwelling within us. Right. Yeah. And so because that's what God's always wanted. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. This is a key verse. It's very important. This is God's plan. God's plan is to create mankind mm-hmm. and to rule with us, mm-hmm. to rule with us over the creation. Yeah, and made. I think I think, you know, somebody watching today and they're saying, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. Well, let me make it simple. God gave him a law to create a people, that to de- develop a people that he could bring Jesus from. And Jesus ultimately is going to finish the law, finish it, boom, and it's going to be done. And he's going to bring in a new way, a better way, a better covenant, a covenant that that not only God will forgive them, but he'll forget our sins. And, it's like, and it's so, like building a house. Yeah. God's trying to build a house. And how do you build a house? Do you start by building a roof? No. No. What do you start with? Start with the foundation. You start with the foundation. Mm. This is this is a lot of that foundation has been laid in Genesis uh, with Abraham and a lot of the promises he made. What we're seeing in Exodus now is, I mean, maybe we could look at it as the wall going up, mm-hmm. right? We see we see a lot more happening here mm-hmm. where God eventually is going to have Christ and Christ is going to finish it. And more and more we're going to be connecting this to the New Testament because more and more it's going to it's going to connect. You know, like we did last week about the kingdom and, and, mm-hmm. and Hebrews and, you know, I mean, the Hebrews, you know, God tells Moses, you make sure you build this tabernacle exactly like I tell you. That's right. Because what you build is a shadow. That's you're right. building a copy. Of so I tell people in heaven. Yeah. As I told people before, you want to know what's good, what our heaven's going to look like? Glory to the tabernacle. Going to be set up like that. I don't know how that's going to look, but that's what he said. He told, he told him, you be very careful. You build this exactly like I tell you. And he's telling them this, make sure that you put this law down and you make it exactly like I tell you, you know, and, and then he's going to tell him, you give it to, you give it to Joshua. You make sure you give it to Joshua so right. he can carry it on because it's important because this is what, this is where, this is where salvation is going to come from. Not through the law, but through what Jesus is going to do with the law and at the end of it. And you're going to be able to recognize it because you have the law. Yeah. You know, so Paul well, suppose they should have. Should have. Well, in a lot did. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot did. did. We go to Nicodemus chapter three, and he and he goes, "Teacher, John he's a Pharisee." Three. John, excuse yeah. me, yeah, yeah Nicodemus, with Nicodemus the guy. in John chapter three, <laughs> where Nicodemus is a Pharisee and a member of the ruling council in Jerusalem, so a member of the Sanhedrin, and he comes to Jesus and he says, "We know you're from God." Yeah. Well, who's we? Yeah. Yeah, the Pharisees and the ruling council—they knew. Yeah. They just didn't care. Yeah. All right, and we're gonna—and actually, that leads us to our question. I know we're seven minutes into it already, but that's really our question. We're gonna see. Some really awesome things happen. God's mm-hmm. going to come down on this mountain and fire. We've already seen some awesome things happen, yeah. right? The plagues in Egypt, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. We've seen all this stuff. So we have, these people have witnessed God acting. They're, they're, they've got front row seats to it, okay? Yeah, but here they're going to hear him. Here, they're going to see him descend on the mountain. They're going to see all this well, they're stuff. Gonna they're going to see this hear, cloud and they're going to hear him come out of here, right? Okay, and here's my question. If God went up and set on set up, not if, 
Why doesn't God go set up on a mountaintop today? He already did. Jesus. But wouldn't more people follow him no. if he just went no. and set... These people aren't going to follow him either. What do you mean? They're not going to follow him. He's going to kill them by the thousands because they won't do what he tells them. Wouldn't they do what he tells them? If you, if you believed it, that you saw this cloud and you heard this voice, wouldn't you think that would cause you to, boom, instantly march in step with God? Of course, it, you think, but that's not what happens. That's not what happens. You know, when, when you see God work his, his power in our lives today, doesn't, doesn't it seem like that you would, that you would get uh, people that would be very, very obedient and very compliant to him? Wouldn't it? That's not what you get. Why not? Why don't you? Because it doesn't matter. God knows that. It doesn't matter. He already, he already went to the mountaintop. You know, what, what, you know in, the, in, a, in Luke uh, uh, 16, he said the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus dies, the rich man dies, and the rich man's got all he ever wanted. Lazarus is a poor beggar man, dog licking his sword. And they both go to, they both die, and they both go to the afterlife. And Lazarus is, with, is, is in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man sees him and says, Oh, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus, you know, to dip his finger in cool water to quench his burning yeah, sword. Yeah, because the rich man is on fire. He's yeah, burning. he's on fire. He's burning. And he, and he said, man, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't. There's a great gulf that can't get to you and you can't get to us. And he said, well, then send him back to my brothers and let him tell them so they won't come to this place of torment. And he said, because surely if someone comes back from the dead, they would believe. And, and Abraham says, nope, not even someone comes back from the dead. He came back from the dead and they still didn't believe. If they could have killed him again, they would have. Well, and let's, and let's clarify what we mean by believe. Um, they rejected his claim they rejected as King John chapter three. and Son of God. That's what they did. It's yeah. not that it's not that they didn't believe he was from God. They did. They they knew he was from God. They didn't care. And that's really the crux of this statement. We don't care. Yeah. God can set up on a mountaintop and we don't care. No. Why? Because we want what we want. Yeah. It's true then and it's yeah. true today. Yeah. That's the problem. And this is why the new covenant is so important. The old covenant go ahead. God never promised you to come sit on a mountain. No, he didn't. He promised he was going to come. And he promised he was going to come and redeem us. Mm -hmm. That he did promise, and he did. And he did. They, he just didn't come their way. And and today, you know, I, I remember when I was baptized into Christ. I, I remember, you know, I've been a part of the denominational work for my, my whole life. I was 30 years old, had a wife and two kids and one on the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking around and I'm going, this can't be this easy. It, this can't be true. That I'm a, I'm, I've been washed by the blood now. That it wasn't easy, but that's the way it felt to me. And and people, I saw people walk away and say, "That's not possible. It can't be that easy. We, there has to be more to this than that." We've talked about this before. I've got to earn my way. Yeah, come, I can't. Well, I got to have some boxes to check. Then we just talked about that a while ago too. You know, we're going to see these people in Exodus 32 do exactly that. Yeah. God says, "This is what I want from you. This is what I expect from you." And they turn around and go, "Yeah, but we don't like that." We're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it our way. We're going to we're going to make God, we're going to make Christianity, we're going to make religion in our own image. Yeah. And that's really what they do is they they turn God into. Isn't into that what's idol. happening today? And that's what that's what people do today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. they're 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 great churches with four, five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand people. They don't. It doesn't necessarily matter what the book says. They don't care what the book says. Did I feel good? Was it a what is it was it a vibrant experience? When I went to worship, did I come out and all jacked up, juiced up? And, and that they must have been okay then. Doesn't matter what God says. Doesn't make any difference. So we're doing the same thing. 
in our culture, 2022, we're doing the same thing that they were doing back in, in the first century with Jesus. Well, and, and the, the important thing to remember is it doesn't matter if God sits up on a mountaintop or not. Look at look at what happens here. Yeah. On the morning yeah. of the third day, remember, they've gathered around this mountain. They've been verse given, 16. Yeah, this is verse 16 in Exodus chapter 19. Yes, Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. I'm reading out of the NIV. Um They've set up at this mountain. God has given them marching orders. The people need to be consecrated. They need to be washed. They had to prepare themselves for the third day. So on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. So this is a terrifying thing. You know, if you're trying to trying to get it in your head, what did this look like? You know, I, for me, I picture Independence Day. Mm-hmm. When that that alien shuttle is coming through the atmosphere and there's all that cloud and because it's so large, it's entering the atmosphere and it's all this this fire and smoke and lightning and all that stuff. That's kind of what I picture in my head mm-hmm. is this event coming out of the clouds onto the top of the mountain. And then Moses led the people out of the camp camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Even in an ancient Near Eastern culture such as the Israelites, this is whacked. Okay? Let's let's be very, very clear. This is nuts, okay? In the in the ancient Near Eastern culture, gods don't do this. Not like this. Mm-hmm. And this is this is crazy. They have seen these these people have seen this entity that calls himself God, right? Who says that he is their God, mm-hmm. do things that nobody else has ever seen. So much so that 40 years later, a prostitute in a town in Jericho is going to know about the things that this these this has happened, mm-hmm. right? That's how monumentous this stuff is. So this is nuts. We should not read this and go, oh, this is just a normal day for them. This is mind-boggling crazy. Think about uh, think about Moses. He's writing this. And he's trying to capture what what had gone on. And he can't come up with words. God, God's, God's writing through him, and there's no words. And he's reading this as he's writing. He says, you had to have been there. Yeah, you had to be there. This does not do it justice. You know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> as, and that's why I told people all along, man, sometimes you got to read between the lines. You got to read yeah. what was going on. You know, I don't know what an earthquake feels like. I've never been in one. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to someone who has. But I, I heard that the ground becomes like jelly and it moves like water, like you're standing on water and it's moving. You know, and I'm going, I don't know what it would be like that the that the mountain shook violently. Okay, that doesn't compute to me. I think that's part of the reason why people they say, "Well, I want to see God. I want to see Him face to face." You know, we had that. You know, yeah. I want to see. Him. Are you kidding me? People hid their face. You know, people not, people yeah. ran and hid when God came around. These people are going to tremble. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it is. It absolutely is. In verse 20, the Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up and the Lord said to him, go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them may perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves and the Lord will break out against them. And I almost want to like, I almost want to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Nobody's running towards this mountain. Mm -mm. Like, who's running toward? Uh, could you could you imagine? You see this insanity going on on yeah. this mountain. This this vast entity. This this, and you don't even see him. You just hear the effects of it, the fire and all well, this wait stuff. A wait a minute. I got you know. When God stops talking, and the mountain quits shaking, I can see myself. Walking up to that mountain, I want to inspect this thing. You're crazy, man. I ain't going anywhere near that thing. I, but I, I can, anywhere near but I can see myself wanting to do that. Oh no, no, sir. You know, because everything's calmed down, and you look, it's over, it's over. You know, uh -uh. I've been through a hurricane, man. Uh huh. And you know, and you look around and say, is it really over? I remember Claudette. Now Claudette was a baby, okay, compared to Harvey and Katrina. Claudette was a baby. Uh, it came in, I think, as a cat too. You know, it was, and uh, and uh, we're at home. You know, we didn't we didn't pack any provision. We didn't do nothing. We just stayed. You know, George said, "I'm never doing that again, not ever." And so we staying or yeah, I was never staying in my house again, never. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, uh, and it got real calm. And I guess we cut just right the corner of the eye, and then the wind turned, and it, it felt like it was over. And it was calm and everything. And you could see blue sky. It's over, man. That wasn't so bad. And then the wind turned mm. and came from the other way then. And everything that was blowing this way. Man, those trees were laid over like this. They were laid, and we got big trees. And they were laid over, man. And uh, and I'm thinking, hey, it's over, man. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just, it's just, it was just a thought. You know, I'm thinking, what would I have done if I would have been there? I, I might want to. You know, so I say, God said, yeah, you got, I got to go warn them. Not to come up here. I ain't gone yet. I'm still here. Well, and why is God? Why is God so concerned? Notice He says, "I'm going to break out against them." What does that mean? Why would He break out? These are His people. Mm -hmm. He has worked so hard to bring these people to this point. Why would He be breaking out against them if they went up? Why doesn't He? I mean, Genesis chapter one makes it really clear He wants to be with us. Mm -hmm. So why? Why is this such a, a detriment? If let's say there is, I you know I think you're nuts, but you know I'm sure there were lots of Israelites who were nuts. So they're all wanting to go to this mountain. Why does God have to warn them? You cannot come up here and be with me. Isn't that the point? Because you're not ready to come be with me. What do you mean? I think, <clears throat> you know, there, to be with God. In a spiritual sense for us, I can't be with God unless unless He's He's made it so. Okay, uh, it's it's through His grace and mercy that He showers me with salvation, with freedom, with with all of those things to where I can come to Him. I can't do that unless that happens. You know, I He's got to reach out and touch me. He's got to reach me with the blood. You know, it doesn't make any difference what I do. We've talked about that before. You know, I've got to be obedient, yes, but he's the one that's going to ultimately say, yes, I'm going to save you. And these people aren't ready yet. He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't given them the, the, the ability to come to him the way he said. That's why you stay away for right now. I've got, I've got stuff I'm working on and you'll get to come to me the way I say. And how's that going to be? Through sacrifice and obedience, through bloodletting, I'm going to let you come to me. You'll be able to come to me through the high priest. I'm going to set that up. But you got to wait for right now because right now you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't come to me right now because you won't be clean. Well, and we see that. We see that very clearly. Eventually we'll be in Leviticus and we'll see that with Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. See, a lot of people want they to go, oh, see, he off, they, the problem was they offered strange fire. That, the pro that was one of the problems. Yeah. The problem wasn't just the strange fire. The problem was they arrogantly entered into the presence of God. 
That was the problem. They weren't supposed to be there. And they they weren't it. supposed they to be knew there. They, they were the wrong people at the wrong time with the wrong thing. I mean, they were wrong left from right. And then later, when you the text the, is... Let's, let's clarify. When you went into the presence of God, okay, mm -hmm. there was only one person that could go do that. One time a year. One time a year. And he went a certain day. Not just any day. That's right. He couldn't pick the day. He went one time a, one time a year. And he did take something with him, but it was not fire. Now, this is... This is According to the covenant at Sinai that we're yes. getting into yes. right now. When we get into it. They were involved in the covenant, those two guys you talked they about. They were. They heard. They're they're in the crowd right Their now. Their father is the one who can go in there. Their father is Aaron. Yes. Yeah. And they and they go in and God kills them. Boom. He eats them up with their own fire. Because they don't you don't go into the the presence of God with, with fire, you go in with blood. Well, that, so that that's some of that is yes. But you also have to go in with incense. They yes. do. You do have to offer incense. Yes. You do have to do all the 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 hide to hide yes. yourself before the the ark. But with Nadab and Abihu, the problem wasn't just the fire. We we camp on that fire. Oh, they brought strange fire before the Lord. Yes, they did. They brought strange fire before the Lord. But they also went in before the Lord. They're the wrong people. They went in when they weren't supposed to. They yep. went in when they weren't called. And what happens when sin enters into the presence of God? Not, you know, yeah. Gone. And that's exactly what happened to Nadab and Abihu. That's why God has to clean us and perfect us. The issue, what, what we're seeing here, the precedent we're seeing that is being set is ever since the garden and man was cast out of the presence of God, mm -hmm. how we enter back into his presence matters. Yeah. We can't just do it however we want. No. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. They're going to eat with somebody on the top of this mountain. Who are they eating with? John says, nobody's ever seen the Father. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus says it in John's gospel. Nobody's ever seen the Father. Mm -hmm. Who are they eating with on him. the top of that mountain? They're eating with him. Now, that's, you know. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut, you know. <laughs> deep cut. You know, guys, you know, scratch that one out. We'll, we'll get to that another time. You know? All right. Sorry. We have too much fun with this sometimes. All right. Verse 23. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot... Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, cannot come to Mount Sinai, because you yourself already warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. So God is saying, look, I think I think it's it's two, two, cut, two ways here. I think to a certain extent in this situation, God wants to be with his people. Mm -hmm. And he's this warning um, is maybe spoken for himself and the people. A reminder that we're not ready for that yet. But that is God's ultimate desire, right? Even in first in Second Peter, he says, you know, God is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. He wants the people that yep. he has worked for. And yep. he has worked for these people. He wants to be in relationship with them. But we've got to go about it the right way. Because right now, all of mankind is stained by sin. Mm -hmm. All of mankind is stuck there. And he's right now, he's carving out a very small group of people for himself. But through these people, he's going to reclaim all humanity. You know, and, and what's sad for me and what can be de depressing, you know, is is that you see so many people who call themselves preachers that preach exactly the opposite of this. What do you mean? Well, there are people out there preaching things that, you know, that, that 
you know, you listen to some guys, they never talk about sin. They never talk about death. They never talk about the consequence of sin. They never mm -hmm. talk about the, the wrath of God. They never talk about any of that stuff. They talk about God is love. God is pure. God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to, he wants to, mm -hmm. he wants to bless you. And, you know, God wants to save us. And he's, and he's very specific how he wants to save us. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't save myself. You know, I have to be obedient to what God tells me, and I have to depend on God to do the saving part. That's his job. I can't save myself. No matter how many times that things I do, I can't save myself. You know, well, here he's gonna he's gonna start to he's gonna start the beginning of the law, start giving them commands and principles of what they're precepts, what they're supposed to do, and and knowing all along they're never gonna be able to do this. But always looking knowing forward, people. always looking to this. And looking back, looking forward to what's coming. Well, one of the and one of the things we're going to have to talk about is life didn't come from following these words. No. God's going to say multiple times, if you want to live, you'll do these things. Yeah. But with the intention of teaching them that they're not going to do these things, that they need to depend on. What him. was he always looking ahead to? Christ. Yeah, he's looking always looking ahead. To the always cross. looking ahead. To always Christ. looking ahead to the cross, because only through the cross. Were these people made perfect? You know. Well, and it's so funny. You know, we really sit on. You're right. The cross make it, the. It's only through the cross that we're made perfect. And Christ Himself told us what the foundation well, of this law if, is. If you look at Hebrews chapter eleven mm -hmm. and look at the last verse, it says it. You know, I, I want to read it because it's sure. you know because it's it's important enough that we need to read it. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter eleven. What chapter eleven verse thirty nine. It says, these were all commended for their faith. Now, this is a chapter of the faithful. These are all these, Moses, Aaron, all, you know, all these people, Adam, it talks about this thing. It talks about Enoch in this, in this chapter. It talks about Samson and David and all these people, Abraham. Some that we've already talked about, some that we will talk about. That's okay. Right. And it says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Mm -hmm. Okay? None of them. That means they were commended because they were faithful people and they believed God and they obeyed, but they, but they didn't receive what was promised. And he said, he said, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So who's the us? He's talking to the church. Mm -hmm. He's talking. He said, he says, guys, look around. He said, God planned something better for us. He planned Christ for us. That only together with us could those people be made perfect. That means no matter how much they did, no matter how much obedience to this law they do, they can never, they can never be right. Because God's always looking ahead to the, to the cross and to Christ. And he said, "I'm going to create. I'm going to. I'm going to carve out for myself a nation of people, and and they're going to be that nation of people because of my son." Could they do it? Would they do it? These 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 are two fundamental questions, right? There are those who would say, "Could they be obedient to the, the law?" Could they be obedient to the law? And there's going to be those that are going to say, "Yeah, they could do it," right? And then there are others going to say, "They'll say they could do it, but they won't do it," while others would say they could not do it. I'm not interested in that debate. What I'm interested in what actually happened and what happened is they did not do it. Whether they could have done it, where they there's there's texts in Ezekiel where God says very clearly, I gave you commands that you weren't going to be able to follow. Yeah. So he tells us in Galatians that it was that anybody under the law was under a curse. Was under a curse. So what we're going to see, we're gonna see in Exodus chapter 20, which we're not gonna get in today. That's the, the beginning of the Ten Commandments. We're gonna see God start giving this law. And he's going to start giving it. We're going to see a break in Exodus 24 where we have the narrative come I, back in. And I think I think that's good. We don't get into 20 because because chapter 19 is 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 that it's the beginning. It's the beginning of it's it. the beginning of God coming down to have a relationship with his people. Yeah. 
He's going to start it with Moses. He's already started it. He started, he's got a relationship with him because he's been leading them. But to have a, that, that intimate relationship that he want, that he can have, that he has with us. This is where it starts. It ought to, this is a very, this is very powerful for us. What's funny is it starts here and it ends here. Yeah. Because in Exodus 32, they're going to break the first command. They're literally just told, these are the commands I want. These are the things I want you to do. God yeah. says, okay, to be my people and for me to be your God, these are the things I want you to do. That's going to start in Exodus 20. Yeah. God says, this is it right here. That's the here. first thing they're going to do. 24, Exodus 24, they're going to agree to it. Yeah. They're going to hear God. They're going to hear it all. And they're going to say, yeah, we want to do it. I think it's 24. It might be 20. I might be mixed up on my chapters. But the point is they're going to hear what God has to say. They're going to agree to it. And then God's Moses is going to go back up on the mountain again, and he's going to get more of this, this covenant, more of this agreement, more of the things that they're supposed to do. And while he's up there doing it, in Exodus 32, Moses is still up there getting all the rest of it. He hadn't even gotten all of it. He's still in the process of getting it. And while he's up there doing it, these people are going to fail. And it's such a wonderful picture of us today. Yeah. God says, this is the ideal. Mm -hmm. And this is what's been going on since Genesis. God says, this is the ideal yeah. and people fail. This is the idea and people fail. It's that we, dynamic and, that has to be and fixed. And we should be so grateful. Well, it's that dynamic that was fixed on the cross. Yeah, so we Christ. should be so grateful that 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 if I'm, if I'm walking with God, you know, I am going to fall. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to walk in the dark. That's different. You what know, is walking in the dark? When I when I'm starting living my life back where I came from, walking in the dark is hating your brother. Well, I, you know, we can debate some of this, and that's not the time or the place now. But yeah, you know, I, I understand what you're talking about. But but uh, you know, if because you everything stay... everything everything hinges on love. I understand that. Yeah. But you know, when when uh, when you have someone that you're sitting across the table from, and they believe they're going to hell because they because they did a particular sin, that's not walking in the dark. And that's what people will believe. They'll believe that they've gone back into the into the far country. You know the 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 story of the prodigal son. He goes into the far country. He does. All right, but he comes back, he and does. God takes him back. The Father takes him back. Absolutely. And that is a great a great. The question is: Are you going to trust God to deal with your sin? Well, or are you going to decide you have to deal with it yourself? Most people, a lot of people, believe you have to be perfect. Good luck. You You're know, never. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You know, you failed him yesterday. I failed him yesterday. I, you know, uh, I, I spent, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of stuff yesterday, had all these projects I was doing and I, and I got in and I laid down and I said, man, I forgot to pray today. I didn't pray. That's wrong. I, sh I should have, you know, and God forgive me, forgive me for not talking to you. The most important person in my life. And I didn't talk to you today. Thank God. Our relationship with Christ, our relationship with the Father is not based on our personal success or failure. Yeah. It's based on whether we trust him to do what he has said he's going to do. That's faith. And whether we love our brother and, as and ourselves. His, and his successes, his, the success that he went through will create in me a new individual. That's right. And make me better. And guys, if you're out there today and you're sitting there thinking that your relationship with God is somehow based on whether you can be perfect or whether you can do all the things whether that you God go to church said. on Sunday or whether you go to whatever, you know, what your relationship with God is based on is whether you trust him to do the things that he said he's going to do. That includes forgiveness. 
You know, if you're already a member of the church, you need to understand that you are forgiven. If you have obeyed the gospel, you need to understand God forgave you and you are forgiven. And as long as you walk in the light and walking in the light in 1 John is defined very clearly as loving your brother or sister. Mm -hmm. As long as you are doing those things, the blood of Christ continually cleanses us of all sin. You need to understand that. It's actually worse for you to doubt that God is going to forgive you. That's not trusting in God. So trust God, church. And if you are not in the church, if you've not obeyed the gospel of Christ, I want to encourage you. You need to do that. That needs to happen. But when you do, your relationship with God is not based on your performance. It's based on whether you continue to trust him and whether you love your neighbor, love your brother or sister as yourself. That's right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have Ed, to study together. Father, I pray that, uh, that you help us to grow in our understanding and grow in our knowledge, grow in our, in our, in our faith to you, for you. Father, help us to trust you, that you're going to do the things that you proclaimed to do. Father, we thank you for this text. We thank you for what it means to us. As you develop that relationship with, the, with your people there, we know that it directly affects us way down the road. Thank you, Father, Father, for that. Be with our audience, any of those that are watching, that you might touch their hearts, touch their minds, that you might be with their families, be with the situations they find themselves in, because life can be difficult. It can be very hard to be obedient and to be faithful, and it can be, it can be stressful. And I pray, Father, that you be with each one of them as they go through this life. Bless them, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.